0: Today's episode of Little Bit Leave It is sponsored by the office of the first chairperson of the Lunch Council.
1: Previously, on Little Bit Leave It. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Little Bit Leave It, and today is a good one. This is the podcast where we talk Love Island UK in the USA. My name is Ben and with me, as always, my podcasting partner and partner in life, Rebecca.
0: Hey, 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 Islanders. Who's ready for Lads on Tour?
1: Lads on Tour is the order of the day. It's Casa Amor everybody's favorite episode today is a very special episode of little bit leave it because it is the first episode ever where we have brought on a guest today's guest is logan cotton say hello logan
2: i got a text hey everybody it's uh great to be here i absolutely love a uh, little bit leave it glad to be part of the villa or maybe i'm more of a, a casa more newbie whatever it is Glad to be part
1: of this. Very cool. And we are glad to have you here, Logan. Yeah,
0: you're really brave for being our first guest. This could go completely off the rails. So giddy up.
1: Bracing for impact. And since it is your first time on the show, we thought it would be good for our listeners to get to know you a little bit. And so you're the first person to answer the seven questions which is the seven questions that we're gonna ask every single guest that we have. So question number one, Logan, how did you first start watching Love Island UK?
2: It actually began because I had ended up staying unexpectedly with my girlfriend at the time for two months because of uh, coronavirus. And after coming back to New York to take my first year of law school exams, I needed to completely unplug. She recommended to me that I watch Love Island. I didn't entirely believe her. I mentioned to some of my buddies who had grown up in the UK and they said I was an idiot if I didn't actually start watching. And so it set off a crazy Love Island marathon where it was all I was doing as I was folding my laundry, cooking dinner, I would watch it on the the subway. So I absolutely fell all into it after my exams last year.
1: Nice. You also play rugby, don't you, Logan?
2: I do, I do. So uh, the lingo from Love Island has been great for me to connect with some coaches who are from across the pond. They definitely asked me, why I talk about grafting and those kinds of things. It doesn't really quite add up, but I love it. I'm happy for it.
1: We may need to have you back to do a deep dive into rugby at some point. So who is your favorite face on Love Island? You can pick any season. All time.
2: I think it's got to be Ovi from season five.
0: I love Ovi. Great pick.
2: Everybody's reaction.
1: Yeah, Ovi is awesome. He is, of course, the only person from Casa Amor to ever make it to the final without an original Islander. Fun fact. What about uh, the opposite? Who is your favorite heel or villain from the show?
2: Another season five person? It's got to be Mora. The way that she came into the villa, said what she wanted, didn't care who stood in her way, and just moved like a shark with blood in the water, I I respect the game.
0: Number four, what is your favorite moment? We also had funniest moments, so you can pick either one.
2: I think there's a lot of season five stuff. So if you haven't watched season five, listeners, absolutely you must. I think my favorite moment is when Jordan decides that he's gonna try to chat up India. And Anna finds out and goes to confront Jordan and calls him an idiot, an idiot. And Ovi just walks into the melee that forms. And just grabs India's hand and walks her away. I thought it was the coolest, swaggiest thing I had ever seen. And it's so subtle you might miss it, but it absolutely makes the entire episode.
0: And it vaults Obi to superstar status. He was always great. Those little pops of humor we saw from him, his big heart, his relationship with Amber. But that moment of swag, I agree, just probably catapulted him to the final. Okay, who's your favorite couple?
2: So I'm in the middle of season four right now. And my favorite couple of all time is Josh and Little G, Georgia.
0: Oh. But
2: I have a bad feeling about what's going to happen in Casa Moore, So I'm pretty nervous. But uh, at this moment, definitely those two.
1: Well, just remember that Georgia is loyal, babe.
0: Very loyal, babe. Absolutely. You took my line. Amazing
1: foreshadowing.
0: What is your favorite Love Islandism?
2: I mentioned earlier that like grafting has come into my vocabulary a lot. And it's been great as a lot of my uh, friends have broken up with their COVID booze recently. So I have to talk to them about, you know, hopping back on the horse and putting on their grafting boots. But I think maybe my favorite little saying from the show is just to look at something that is completely out of your control and to just go, it is what it is. Because there's so much that we just can't control these days, and it helps me feel a little bit less powerless.
0: There you go. Personally, mine is stick it on them. We discussed it in in an earlier episode, and thwap, stick it on them. Final question is, who is your inner Love Islander?
2: I would love to be able to say that it's Ovi, because he is simply so cool as we've discussed. I don't think I've got the sauce to be Ovi. So to be frank, I think the answer is Greg O'Shea, Rugby Greg from season five. Plays rugby, also was a law student, kind of reluctant to go on the show, but got pretty into it and competitive when he appeared. So kind of vibe with that. I could definitely see myself in that.
0: That's a good one.
1: Yeah, that is a good one.
0: That's worth 25,000 pounds at the very least. (laughs) We should probably come up with ours at some point.
1: Yeah, I know. At some point, we'll have to answer the seven questions ourselves.
0: But in the meantime...
1: In the meantime, we have an episode to talk about. But before we do that, we just want to remind everybody that Little Bit Leave It is an independent podcast, and you can support us by going to www.patreon.com littlebitleaveit. For as little as $2 per month, you will get bonus content with every single episode in the form of Spoils of Love, the after show. And right now we're talking about Love Island, What Happened Next, the series that aired in late summer 2020. We're doing three different Spoils of Love segments about that, one focused on each episode. And for $2 a month, you can listen. So we have got an episode to talk about. It's the Casa Amor episode. But the Islanders don't know that when they wake up, do they?
0: No. It starts off like any other morning. But the producers know what's happening. So the girls are in one place. And conveniently, the boys are in another place. And then, bloop, Nas gets a text. And just for the record, I am wearing my I've got a text t-shirt today. So I'm ready. I'm primed. Logan, tell us your thoughts.
2: I really thought it was interesting that the boys were so giddy off the jump from getting the text message even the ones who i didn't think for a moment would really actually want to uh go to casa more and i think we all know i'm talking about finley the big soft teddy bear who can't think about anything but pagey baby but when you see how each of them react you know exactly who is going to casa more looking to bring a new person back to the main villa
0: If you know, you know. If
2: you know, you know.
1: I'll just
0: say, I think
1: if I were them, I would also be excited, really, no matter who I was. You know, you've seen the show before. You know what's about to happen. You're about to meet six more very good-looking women. If I was 21, 22-year-old guy, I would be pretty psyched myself.
0: Well, not to mention every day looks the same for the most part. So just to do something different, to go somewhere different, I would probably be really pumped
1: too. Well, especially given the mood at the villa that morning, right before the text comes. Naz says, we really need something to lighten the mood. Right on cue. Everybody was, of course, down and subdued from the islanders who got dumped just the night before.
0: Yeah, I don't think anyone misses it Wallace. It was perfect.
2: No, poor Wallace. Poor one out for the most forgotten homie in the villa. Uh, there really were no tears shed for that guy. But it did get me thinking that I am dying to be back with my buddies and have a little lads on tour chant. That I added that to my bucket list
1: right away when I saw them in the interview room shouting that.
0: You and your friends will have to pour out some diluting juice for Wallace.
1: Yeah, I <laughs> brought up some fond memories of bachelor parties seeing that little scene. But before the guys leave...
0: They have to do push-ups. They have to get swole.
1: Yeah, a group push-up session. Which I got to say was the most
2: honest thing I think I have ever seen on this show. Guys are always, we are always working out before we have to go be seen and be pretty. I have definitely done it where, you know, I'm like, okay, I got this date, you know, got to go meet up with so-and-so. Let me just Let me just do a quick 20 push-ups and feel good about myself. So yeah, that I, I love, man. That was just absolute real-world energy coming from the boys in that moment.
0: Would you have left a memento if you were with a girl on the show?
2: Tough. Um, If the girl was Shauna,
0: absolutely not.
2: But maybe, you know, a nice Shaunice, a nice Paige, yeah, you know, I could leave something behind. So, back up there a second. What's your problem with Shauna? So this is good we're talking about it now because I think it's shown in the in the memento moment. If you were to play a drinking game where every time Shauna said, Callum, Callum, during an episode, you'd be absolutely hammered by the end of it because her whole personality is sort of just shuffling around the villa and being sad about the various things Callum is doing or not doing. The folks leave the mementos and all we can hear is Shauna being like, you left me no food, I'm sad. I literally think I'm going to cry. They all have to console her. Oh my goodness, mama mia. I was fed up with Shauna at this point. I was like, can somebody please just get her out? Get her something else, a Chia pet, something to get her attention.
0: Well, I think one of the new boys is going to try, but I don't know how successful he'll be. But in the words of Ben, we're getting ahead of ourselves here. Let's send the fellas off in the jeeps they're very excited
1: so yes the guys leave and the girls find the guys gone
0: well they don't find the guys because they're gone
1: yeah that's that's right (laughs) paradox.
0: Right, but the girls run all over the house, they discover the mementos. Meanwhile, the guys are at Casa, it's Finn's first lads holiday, and I'm sure you guys both have great memories of your first lads holiday, right?
2: Yes. Nothing like it.
0: No, no villa in South Africa, no six smoking girls there for your entertainment and pleasure.
2: We tried to imagine it, but you know, some stuff just isn't quite the same. You you go to (laughs) Columbus, Ohio for a rugby tournament and instead of six smoking hot ladies, it's just 60 other dudes who are trying to violently Take an egg-shaped ball from you.
1: Yeah, we never had the six smoking-hot girls waiting for us at any of the bachelor parties where we'd rent a house that that didn't come with the house. Unfortunately,
2: it's not a it's not an Airbnb amenity.
0: No, but there's an idea. Nas is buzzing to see "Trust in Your Sauce" written on the wall. Nas is the sauciest in his own opinion.
1: Yeah, I thought that was a cool touch. I, I liked how the producers did that for Nas.
0: Yep. So they're lifting weights. They're checking their hair. They're stirring their sauce. And in come the ladies. I have my opinions, but I'd like to hear yours.
1: Yeah. So let's go through one by one first impressions of the new Islanders, starting with Natalia.
2: I don't know if you guys have seen the show Big Mouth. But there is a character on there who one of the other characters described as her eyes go dead when she applies lip gloss. And that was the vibe I got from Natalia. It just seemed like she was not entirely there. Really pretty, perfectly nice girl. But I don't know. Something, something's not clicking here.
1: Yeah, I agree. Yes, she's got a high temper. She's got amazing eyes. And she, she even says she's ruthless. And then we've got Jamie.
2: Or Scottish Jamie is all the boys start calling her. I don't know who they were differentiating her from, but I love that she already got a nickname out of it.
0: Yep, I just think she looks like Anna Kendrick and that's how I remember oh, which one she is. Good. That's the only that's reason good. I know who she is. Yeah, thank you.
1: Next we've got Molly, a 25 year old from Manchester. The
2: second she came on the screen and I heard that she was from Manchester, I was like, game over. I'm sorry, but Callum, Shauna, rest in peace. We know who Molly was put on this show
1: for. Yes, I think that is very perceptive.
0: Yeah, didn't your brother say that, that she was his all-time hottest Islander?
1: That is right. My younger brother says Molly is his all-time favorite hottest Islander, which not the case Wow. For me. Yeah, I, I don't see it personally, but a lot of the guys do.
0: Yeah, she's popular, quickly.
1: Next, we've got Priscilla.
0: She's got her eyes on Mike. She is stronger than Mike, personality-wise. I cannot wait to see this play out.
1: Yes, Priscilla
2: comes in with just so much decisiveness, laser focus. She's like a hurricane in the best way, right? I think she's gonna rock Mike's world.
0: Yeah, I think Mike doesn't know what's coming.
1: And then, of course, we have Jade from Yom. That's it. Can't say much more than that. She wants a Jack the Lad.
0: Do they not have those in Yom?
1: I don't know. I don't really know much about Yom.
0: And finally, last but never least, Eva.
1: I think Eva comes in as a bit of a winner. I mean, she
2: seems a bit cheeky. And honestly, right, what do the boys always say they want? Like tan, nice eyes, big smile. Check, check, check.
1: Yes, and she is from Bromley, which is outside London. Nothing teaches me geography like this show. (laughs) We try. We do our best. Then the next scene, we see all the girls being pressed for who they like. And I've got a tally. We've got Luke M. Five of the six girls name him. Three of the girls name Nas, Callum, and Finn. Mike is named by two girls, and Luke T. Poor Luke T. Nobody names him.
0: I loved his impression of them. Everyone's like, Luke M, Luke M. I would have picked Luke T. What did you think, Logan?
2: Yeah, he's got a winning smile. He's cute. He's got like a nice little bit of cheekiness to him. I'm surprised that nobody even thought they wanted to. I mean, it's such a throwaway moment, right? Shoot your shot, maybe. Maybe you catch Luke T's eyes.
0: I mean, maybe it's because he seems really solid with Shawnee. Molly does imply that she's into several guys, but most of them are in relationships. And obviously she's looking at Callum hard and Callum knows she's looking at him. But I'd like to think that Luke T was only put aside because of his relationship with Shawnee. I was happy to see Nas get some love.
2: Absolutely. Nas deserves it. The guy has been down on his luck. But he is, you know, smiling. He's enthusiastic all throughout the show. He's a good company man. You know, if you're the Love Island producers, you're, you're glad to have Nas.
0: Yes, absolutely. He brings the team together and brings the team up.
2: And Luke M., how fortunate. This small town boy from some random little Hamlet in the UK. And he's getting all this attention in Casa More, I felt good for that guy getting a win even if I don't really love his tattoos.
1: I am still wondering whether he was grown in the same lab as Justin Bieber myself.
0: It's uncanny. (laughs) It is spooky.
1: So now we cut to none other than Laura Whitmore.
0: Who desperately needs a catchphrase like the flack is back. Moment for Caroline who was a great hostess. But yeah, Laura does not get the same fanfare as Caroline and it doesn't help her popularity at all.
1: Do you have any thoughts on Laura? You know, I love that uh,
2: you all shared that she's actually a journalist. It makes a lot more sense sort of like why she shows up and doesn't seem to want to chit chat as much and maybe just has her incisive questions and bounces. But I really did feel like this would have been a cool episode for her to have either audience members outside the villa or just someone else stage some questions. I feel like the show tries to make her seem really harsh too with the dramatic walk up angles and camera and stuff. And I don't know, it never really quite did it for me that this mean lady in a tight dress was gonna show up and scare the Islanders then deliver treats for them. A, a little like White Witchy out of Narnia, right?
0: Yeah, she definitely does not have a get the party started vibe. This is a positive moment. This is not a dumping. This is six new boys. And I don't understand why she's looking at all these girls like school mom. Someone described her as the supply closet teacher. And I can't unread that.
2: That's so funny. I think, I think it's a real power move that she walks up to the villa... All the women are gathered in one place where she can absolutely talk to all of them. And she makes them all get up and walk across the village to another spot for no reason whatsoever.
1: Always has to go to the fire pit. That's a rule of Love Island. <laughs> you can't talk to the host if you're not at the fire pit. So yeah, we meet the six new guys. So let's do the same and talk about them. We've got first, Alexi, a stripper from Essex.
0: All I wrote was naked butler. Alexi has no impact on me.
2: I think Butler in the Buff is a strong career. Love to see it. I liked just his candor about what the job is. You know, he just says, as if Butler in the Buff isn't clear enough, he goes, it's me naked and a lot of women and I've got to entertain them. I'm like, yeah, man, that's your job description. Like, like you said, you're a bus driver. You said you got to drive a bus.
0: The second Butler in the Buff on the show because Connor Derman was also a naked Butler for a bit. So naked Butler is getting their time on season six.
1: We love representation. Yeah. Well we've had female strippers on the show too. So we do have to make sure we get that balance. Next, we've got Biggs from Glasgow. I just
0: wrote Scottish. I, I got nothing. I would like to see more from Biggs. I think the Scottish people are funny. Everybody's eyeing Paige for him. And I don't think Paige is going to have it.
2: Nah. I mean, he's got a really cheeky face, kind of like Luke T, where you can see that there's some like cute, likable mischief going on, you know, like in their brain. And I, I hope Biggs gets a chance to shine a little bit
1: because I imagine he's a bit cheeky. Yes, he describes himself as goofy and sexy.
0: His name is Biggs too. Like I expect Biggs things from him.
1: But dum bum Next, we've got Josh, a model from Surrey. Who? Josh, a model from Surrey.
0: Only Shauna makes him relevant. Otherwise, he's just like another bland, vaguely good-looking white guy, honestly.
2: He's the boy version of Jade over in Casa
1: Amor. Jade from Yam. Next, we've got Ched, and he's from Suffolk, and he likes brunettes.
0: He's a lot of man, that Ched.
1: Absolutely massive.
0: I try to keep my thirst to myself, but Ched's a whole lot of man. I don't know. Woo! fan of myself here.
2: <laughs> yeah, I like that his uh, intro thing as he's walking out of the water is so transactional. He just says, "You know, if your girl likes me more than she likes you, she's leaving with me, pal." As if that sort of absolves him of any uh, it solves any problems that uh, might arise.
0: Well, who's going to challenge Ched to take it outside? Nobody's going to challenge Ched, right? Luke M can stand yeah, up true. to Mike. Connor with a G and Connor kind of met in the middle there. Nobody is fucking with Ched.
1: And Ched, like Callum, is a scaffolder. Next, we've got George, who is an estate agent with a tan.
0: Yawn. Two yawns out of six so far.
1: Yeah, George didn't leave much of an impression. He has, he has
2: kind of the, the, the like big teeth, right?
1: Yeah, he's kind of like a cross with maybe between Connor and Scott from season two.
0: Except both of those guys had personalities that were evident pretty quickly.
1: Well, George hasn't really gotten any screen time yet. We'll see.
0: George got as much as the other Casa guys, and, you know, he's no Ched, and he's no Biggs, and he's not even a Jordan.
1: Yes, let's get to Jordan, who is from London, and he is an administrator who rates himself as an 8 out of 10. We
2: stand, a humble king. Rating oneself 8 out of 10 is a nice acknowledgement that you aren't perfect. I don't love the goatee. I also don't really know what an administrator is. There's a lot of jobs in the UK that seem like they're just generic nouns.
1: (laughs) An administrator. I'm not sure what there's a lot of things that 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 could be, I suppose. But just for a moment, pause on that eight out of 10 rating. Look, personally, I see a guy who has bad skin, ears that stick out, a goofy smile, a bad goatee. Eight out of 10. I think he's being a little generous with himself personally.
0: The worst Rebecca would disagree with you.
1: Yeah, the worst Rebecca would definitely disagree with me.
0: But Jordan has one of the best quotes in the episode, and I think that needs to, you know, absolve him a little bit. So they're all talking about who wears the trousers and which relationships and who's intimidated by powerful women and who isn't. And Jordan says, I wear the trousers, but she tells me which color. There's your humble king.
2: There we go. Heartbreak Drake, right on Love
1: Island. Yeah, so we've got Rebecca really in the middle of all these guys and she is having a great time. She's spoilt for choice.
2: Yeah, this is probably one of the best moments I've seen Rebecca have on the show since she paraded in in the Greek goddess outfit. So happy for her to finally have a clearer path to some options.
1: And back at Casa Amor, we see a couple couples pairing off. Callum and Molly and Mike and Priscilla.
0: The fact that Callum and Molly are from the same town I mean, you said it, that, that double cements them. You know, she's talking about take a left by the Tesco and Callum says, is that by such and such bar? And she used to work at such and such bar. That's it, it's done, it's over.
2: Whatever intern researched Molly's background before bringing her on the show just got hired to full-time staff because it really could not have done a better
1: job.
0: And Callum is a small town feeling guy. So of course he wants somebody from his own little neck of the woods. I don't think Callum would survive in London.
1: Isn't Manchester the second biggest city in the UK?
0: I mean, Staten Island's part of New York City, but out here is a lot different.
1: This is true. This is true.
2: <laughs> Manchester also was so rough that somebody invented communism there, right? So maybe maybe stuff is tougher in Manchester than uh, we we initially would assume.
1: Yeah, that's that's a very... Very good point.
0: If there's a Staten Island in Manchester, Callum's from that place.
2: Something I did love in the Mike Priscilla convo is that I think that convinced me that Mike is on this show for love because the way that he sort of jumps from flower to flower to flower, Mike's not playing this for the money. He's not going to win it, but he really might find a good connection here.
0: Mike is the definition of that Chandler quote. He's hopeless and awkward and desperate for love. He's a little smoother than awkward, but at the end of the day, Mike is just throwing his sauce at the wall and seeing what sticks. And I think he picked a good one in Priscilla. She's definitely an upgrade
1: over Jess. Then we've got a little scene where Nas is describing his ideal type. And it sounds like he's describing somebody who just entered Casa.
2: Yeah, I was listening to that scene and, you know, Nas is not subtle there, right? He describes big eyes, big smile, tan. Somebody who can join in the jokes with him and he gets a little bit of uh, a gentle roasting back in his face. So I think we see a little, we see sparks flying here and
1: the connection seems pretty hot. Yeah, I agree. Then we've got Natalia flirting really hard with Finn. Do you think Finn's head might be turned
0: either you? So despite how Finn looks, it's important to remember how young he is. Finn is 20 most people by age 20 do not have a ton of life experience. He was a footballer, so that does get him out of his bubble a little bit. But I think Finn is just so excited to have all this attention from different women that, of course, his head is going to turn, but he seems pretty committed to his head for turning back straight. I think Paige should not be threatened, but I'm glad she's not there to see it.
2: Absolutely. She would decapitate him for even sitting on that daybed and talking with Natalia. No spoilers here. I'll say that if what Natalia said to Finley about her type is true, then Natalia must have only gone in that villa with eyes for Finley, because he's the only guy who fits that description.
1: Or she could just be lying to him. That's the other option. I also like how Finn says Casa, like Kosser. He's from
0: Milton Keynes, which is funny because it sounds like a guy's name.
1: Sounds like an economist. (laughs) So let's cut to our challenge this evening.
0: These are the worst. I hate these so much.
1: As is tradition, when Casa Amor begins, we have nightly competitions between the main villa and Casa Amor. And tonight's competition is cocktail mouth mixing.
0: Ugh, these are gross enough when it's just the couple passing food back and forth. Now you have a drink that's been passed down the line God, I really hope COVID ends these types of challenges because it's so unsanitary. It makes me so unhappy. I don't know. Am I alone in being terribly grossed out by these?
2: No, you're spot on. And I got to say that personally, I'd be fuming if the show told me I had to put on a cute or cool outfit every night. And I did that. And then they made me go take grenadine from somebody else's mouth and spit it into ruining all my clothes. So yeah, I'm with you there. This just seems like cruel and unusual punishment.
1: I would say the grossest drink is the pina colada, which is where they've got like the foam and like thick and it's just disgusting.
0: And milk. There's milky something.
1: Yeah. The other one's the strawberry mojito, the porn star martini. I don't even know what a porn star martini is.
2: Yeah, me either. I, I drink mezcal straight. So all these cocktails are flying over my head.
1: Yeah, I've heard of, of course, pina coladas and sex on the beach. I have had a regular mojito. I don't think I've ever had a strawberry.
0: Well, when I'm allowed out of the house again, that'll be the first thing I order.
1: Your name is Rebecca, and we've got another Rebecca who is very enthusiastic about the alcohol, it seems.
0: Woo! Rebecca is at the end of the line, and nothing's getting in the glass. Rebecca is taking full advantage of sticking her mouth on Jordans and getting whatever spit and booze concoction she can. And Rebecca is drunk. And I like drunk Rebecca.
2: Oh my goodness. I didn't even realize that she was drinking the liquid. That is such a good observation. I just thought they were bad at the challenge. You guys are totally right. Wow. What a
1: what a shrewd play by Rebecca. Yeah, she gives away the game a little bit, I think. She makes a very quick aside comment. said, I thought it tasted good for being in everybody's mouths. Title of her sex tape. So... Casa Amor wins. Oh, Shawnee's
0: is not a happy camper. Shawnee says, I've ruined my dress, so I'm absolutely fuming. Hope they're enjoying their party, and I can't deliver it as well as Shawnice does.
1: So then the producers ask the guys and girls to separate once again at Casa Amor to have some conversations amongst themselves.
2: Something I didn't remember from my first time watching this was that Finley mentions, this is where the term Scottish Jamie comes out, and he mentions that he thinks Scottish Jamie is an absolute gem, and you start to see that he really is just sprung on pagey baby. Shout out to my girl Jamie. I thought that she was pretty forgettable, but I guess she left an impression on the Islanders.
0: I love that you keep calling her pagey baby. That makes me so happy, and I keep wanting to bust out with a fan! (laughs)
2: <laughs> we can do that we can next time a pagey baby comes out we'll, we'll get that
0: we have a great little moment here between nas and luke t you know the guys who are in relationships are talking about how you know their head's not going to be i think finn says his head's not going to turn and nas turns to luke t and says this is going to be rough on me and you so nas even though he, he acknowledges that he and demi have only had a few days together nas right now is feeling demi and luke t goes don't get me involved Luke, T, and Nas have a very underrated friendship too that's been developing the last couple episodes. They're very funny together.
1: Back at the main villa, we've got an OG girls chat going on. Yeah, I didn't catch this the first time, but
2: Rebecca in her little thirsty moment where she's talking about Jordan says he's a little sword. Um, Okay, didn't know that was a thing that we described people as, but... Doesn't he say sort? Is it sort? I heard sword. I think
1: it's sort. Isn't he like a proper sort or something like yeah, that? Yeah, I think Jordan's a sort. Oh. You say a little sword? <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm you use know, that. like the thing you use to, to
2: stab people. Oh my goodness. Wow, that makes it so much less thirsty.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, now I kind of wish he said sword, though. That would have been great.
2: Yes, yeah, sword, sword would have been
1: very funny. I like that better.
2: I thought it made sense with how she goes, gives it the little lip bite and the mmm.
0: Oh my gosh. I, I love it. Rebecca
2: shines here. Rebecca really, she, she stunts on him.
0: Yeah, and I have to give Rebecca some credit because... After all of the shadiness and snakiness we've seen from her, the other girls are describing who they like and she's saying, I like Jordan, I'm going after Jordan, that's that. And so no one can accuse her of hiding her intentions and anybody else who's into Jordan knows Rebecca's gonna bring it. And Rebecca has a pretty decent success rate at at least, you know, early acquisition. She doesn't have a great retention rate, but when she puts her mind to it and that bod and that pretty face, she gets what she wants.
1: For sure. I also like what Shaunice says in this conversation.
2: Is this the part where Shaunice mentions that she's found peace with holding out hope for Loop T? Yeah, I really did appreciate this. I thought that considering how at each other's throats, Shaunice and Rebecca were previously, this was a great moment of maturing female friendship as they sort of cheered for each other and listened. Um, you know, us here at Little Bit Leave It, we honor growth. We see it. We shout it out. So kudos to these women
1: absolutely absolutely she says her head would be held high even if luke t brings back another girl
0: Paige is stuck on finn we all know that and she says her walls are up she doesn't want to talk to anyone and she's wondering if she's gonna regret it so Paige doubting her own loyalty was kind of interesting why is shauna waving a whisk though or did anyone notice that
2: I don't know. I have so many questions about Shauna, And as you were talking about Paige trying to get over her own insecurities and sort of step into something with Finley, I was thinking to myself that it's wonderful Paige has such a supportive and caring friend like Shauna, who is going to make it all about herself and just talk about how Callum is absolutely turning his head and he doesn't think about the wife at home eating Oreos with the spot cream on and the old married couple. I mean, you can't even blame Callum for this at this. I'm sorry. I got to stop the the Shauna bashing, but mercy me. Look, no, you're no.
0: on the
1: right podcast.
0: Yeah, we, we bash people for the things that deserve to be bashed, honestly. So yeah, that was a really... At least she took that speech into the beach hut, though. At least she didn't level that one at Paige. And she did lead mm. the ladies. I do like Shauna in a lot of ways. And she did lead the ladies in a chant. We are strong. We are beautiful. We are independent. Some great girl power going on. I think the Spice Girls would approve, and the ladies are ready to conquer Casa Amor time, however that looks for them.
1: Shauna also has a conversation with Josh, who tries to lay it on pretty thick. Josh? Who's Josh? Josh absolutely shoots his
2: shot, and I I gotta say that I respect Josh's conduct in this conversation. He lays out the facts of the situation, What do you think about Callum? Shauna gives some answers that indicate maybe this is all pretty shaky. She turns and asks Josh, yo, do you think I should trust him? And Josh has every incentive to just tell the truth here. And he wouldn't be wrong by saying, yeah, your man is leaving you, but he doesn't. And he tries really hard to just say, I don't know him as well. You can never be certain, but all I can do is be here with open hands saying like, hey, Shauna, I'm trying to talk to you, girl. So respect to Josh, a most forgettable, But in the moment, he did what was the virtuous thing.
0: And I will say he is probably a better match for Shauna. She and Callum are very different. And not that two people who are very different can't the life together. But Josh is much more within the same bubble, I would say, as Shauna. More credit to Shauna. She says she's not going to couple up with someone just because she thinks Callum will. She would only recouple if she met someone that she really liked. And that was good because she has been so upset about Callum. Probably, possibly, we'll say possibly, ditching her. But she's not going to compromise her standards just to get back at him. And good for her.
1: I would say, just before we leave this Josh conversation, if I were Josh, I would have said to Shauna, a lot of guys would be tempted in that situation. But I'll tell you what, if it were me... I don't think there's any girl that could get my head to turn away from you. That was the biggest blown opportunity. My smooth husband. Yeah. Oh, Ben. Wow. You got to stop licking your lips and rubbing your hands together, man. You're too smooth. My goodness. So I also think the editing in this sequence here, this last, you know, 10 minutes or so of the episode where we're going back and forth between first Callum, Molly, Nas, and Eva sitting on a couch, then we cut to Shauna and Josh, and then we cut back to Callum and Molly. I think they really do a great job of editing these scenes together and creating this narrative that's showing you the Shauna and Callum relationship falling apart right in front of our eyes.
0: Yeah, I want to talk about that Callum and Molly conversation. The real Callum is back. Callum is lit up again. He is not under the thumb of the Oreo-eating, spot-cream-rockin' Dynamo, Shauna. Molly clearly likes him, but she says to him that she can't read him. He is so afraid of disappointing Shauna still, I think. So when he's sitting with Nas and Eva, they ask Callum if Shauna will be faithful, and he just shrinks because he knows she's going to stay faithful, and he knows he's not.
2: Absolutely. I really did like the editing, and I, I think what it underscored for me was that Callum and Shauna, when they're together... Shauna completely dominates Callum. I don't think he even recognized that. And then when you split them up and you put them in their own environment, I think we can much more clearly see who they are as individuals. In this sequence, I feel like it becomes very clear to me that Callum, even though he's like this handsome, built, desired scaffolder from Manchester, he's really shy. And he doesn't seem callous, but he does seem like he knows that he wants something different and is almost just afraid to do the things necessary to make it happen until he is out of the view of shauna i thought that the exchange where i think you brought it up back that molly says i can't read you and he tries to be kind of coy like is that a good or a bad thing and molly just goes bad i thought that was excellent and that those two negotiating around the bed was a really great moment to show that he was shy and didn't really want to put himself out there but once molly said that she wanted to hop into bed with him, non-sexually, listeners, that, you know, he was absolutely going to seize upon the opportunity.
0: You know, I think Shauna has been good for Callum. He'd never had a girlfriend before. I think Shauna has taught him a few things about what girls are like, what women expect, and that I don't think he would have been as successful with Molly if he hadn't, A, learned a little bit about what a girlfriend expects, and B, learn a little bit about what a girlfriend should be. As in, Shauna's behavior is not what he wants. Shauna's behavior is not what he needs or deserves. And I do agree with you, Logan. He is a shy guy. And I'm pretty sure that all the women he slept with is because he's good looking and he goes with the flow.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Didn't he sleep with a much older woman too? That definitely fits. In the beginning, they were talking about, you know, their sexual conquests and exploits. And he talked about being with some much older women and totally within character, I think.
2: Yeah, Callum's just out, you know, on some scaffolding, doing what scaffolders do. And I guess random beautiful women in Manchester just walk by and they say, hey, you get down here. And he's reluctant to disappoint. So he, you know, descends his ladder.
1: And of course, next time we will see, will Callum's head be turned? That is the content of the preview, the question they ask. And I think, does that wrap us up for our episode recap?
0: It does. I'm wondering where Callum's eggs are, if he's shit at shopping or how many eggs a week he buys. There's a lot of eggs in this season. It's a very eggy season.
2: Good thing he's got that Tesco so close by.
0: There you go. Hey. Hey, cheap ass.
1: Little Bit Leave It is an independent, listener-supported podcast. And you can support us by subscribing at patreon.com slash littlebitleaveit. For just $2 a month, you'll get bonus content with every single episode of Little Bit Leave It. That's right. It's our after show, Spoils of Love. You'll also get to download episodes two days before everybody else.
0: I don't know if that's a treat or a punishment, though. But for $5 a month, here's a big treat. You get access to the Discord server and you can talk to me and Ben and our one patron about Love Island or really anything you choose. Oh, God, please sign on. It's so boring. You also get access to our super duper awesome bonus episodes like our Caroline Flack retrospective and our March Madness tournament. You've got hotties versus hustlers. You've got London versus Essex. Who's the number one Love Islander? Only true Brits know.
1: That's right. Go to patreon.com slash
3: little bit leave it. Hey. It's Rufus Rutterman, the new first chairperson of the Lunch Council. I want to thank you once again for your vote of confidence in me and my new leadership team. And also for making Peter Becker Foods semen delight the number three fish stick product in central New Jersey. Remember, if it comes from semen, it's going to delight. We all know about the problems that we've been having with the breakfast board and how the O'Toole administration, the prior administration, completely failed in any attempt to resolve them. And they failed to protect lunch. We promised swift action if we won, and I am happy to announce that the Lunch Council has reached a settlement with the Breakfast Board. In return for a cessation of all hostilities toward lunch, we are allowing breakfast the exclusive use of sandwiches going forward. While this will be a great sacrifice for lunch and lunchgoers around the world, We have retained the all-important categories of soups and salads, which together provide lunch with year-round appeal, no matter the climate, no matter the weather. We also retain both the healthy demographic who consumes salads and the sick demographic that consumes soup. All in all, I'd say we came out ahead. Going forward, all cold cuts must be used in chef's salads and similar applications. Included in the prohibition on sandwiches are wraps, whether lettuce or tortillas, pitas, and burgers. However, tacos and burritos are permissible in the context of a Mexican restaurant or taqueria. Hot dogs and other tubular meats are always permissible and may be served on a split-top roll provided the cut of sand roll does not permeate the opposite edge or otherwise create a comprehensive bifurcation. Can somebody tell me what a comprehensive bifurcation is? What? then why can't I just say don't cut the friggin' thing all the way through? Goddamn, lawyers. Anyway, the full text of the agreement will be included in the next edition of our e-newsletter, The Lunch Line. Check your spam folder if you don't get it in the next few days. We will also discuss the allegations of voting irregularities in the recent election, but I can assure you, that we have already completed a thorough investigation and I have concluded that the charges against my campaign are without merit. Again, thank you for your vote and support as first chairperson of the Lunch Council and your support of Peter Packer Foods. And remember, no more sandwiches, those belong to breakfast now. And buy my fish sticks!
1: Oh, that sound must mean it's time for Culture Shock. And today's Culture Shock, we are going to talk about Nando's. Nando's is a fast, casual restaurant that Nas and Eva discuss in a little conversation about hot sauce. Now, we have never been to Nando's. There are a couple in this area. I think, you know, maybe we should take a little road trip and check it out.
0: That would be great content for Spoils of Love. Ben and Becca review Nando's.
1: Oh, yeah. We could even take a video and give the video to patrons. That would be interesting.
0: I know, but Logan, you have been to Nando's and I am curious about this magical experience.
1: I have been.
2: Back when I lived in D.C., a Nando's opened up in Roslyn, Virginia, right by our office. I'm a huge Nando's fan. If you like Peruvian chicken and hot sauces and just a bunch of delicious sides, Nando's is for you. The interiors are like kind of artfully chaotic. Like uh, if Cheesecake Factory went on Queer Eye and had its style upgraded, that's kind of the energy that you can get from a Nando's peri-peri chicken.
1: So Nando's originated in South Africa. Eva and Naz are discussing the sauces. Of course, Naz always talking about sauce. So your sauce options out of Nando's are lemon and herb or mango and lime. Those are the mild options. You've got the medium sauce, which is Naz's and Eva's preference.
0: You always go medium. Eva is very, very convinced that you always go medium. Nobody actually likes hot sauce.
1: I would disagree with that. Personally, I like my face catching on fire. But no, really, the more hot sauce you eat, you do build up a tolerance to it. Logan, you a hot sauce guy?
2: You know, not. I'm not carrying around in my bag, but I think that hot sauce should always be considered in anything that you eat. I agree with Eva. The medium is probably my favorite at Nando's. Mango and lime deserves a shout out, though.
1: So in addition to hot, they don't even get to extra hot. Now, Nando's describes extra hot as like tackling a ferociously fiery dragon. Also, what's interesting about these Nando's hot sauces as I'm looking at this menu, as they get hotter, they also become much more caloric. What do you think could be driving that?
0: I don't know. I usually have a snappy answer and I got nothing this time. Lard? I'm
2: wondering if it's oil. Oh, that's a good one. I mean... I've never even thought about the calories of a hot sauce. It seems like we should just treat hot sauce as a, as a zero caloric effect.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that, especially because it not it supposed to make you eat a little bit less?
0: It's supposed to speed up your metabolism. When my mom's friends from her old job did a biggest loser type competition among them, they were all eating a lot of hot sauce to try to burn some extra calories.
1: So, yeah, you can get rotisserie chicken. You can get chicken wings. Now, have you ever gotten the chicken livers? No, I never did the
2: chicken livers. I remember trying fried chicken livers when I lived in Texas, and I just do not like the consistency, and I'm not going back to chicken liver. I'm sorry, but that one is out.
1: I can see that. I've had chicken liver a couple times.
0: No, I've never been to Texas, and I never was forced to eat liver. I feel like that's something your parents would force you to eat. Oh yeah, that's a
1: thing my dad definitely does for pleasure, eat chicken liver.
0: It felt very like Jewish old man to me, but I didn't want to come out and say that, but here I am.
1: (laughs) They've also got chicken thigh skewers, which sound very delicious. They've got- Hold
0: on a minute. I haven't eaten lunch yet. And also this is not a paid ad. Nando's is not giving us anything for this. I just need everyone to know that this is just where we ended up today.
2: All the chicken slaps. You should absolutely go there and get whatever chicken that you want. The other things that are killer, the Portuguese rice, very good. And you need to get the fries, the Peri chips, but get the peri mayonnaise. America, listeners worldwide, we are not eating enough mayonnaise. It is such a good condiment. It makes everything better. Stop being afraid of it. It is so good. I'm not sponsored by Hellman's, but I would
0: gladly take that opportunity. Powered by mayonnaise. You know, you and Tommy Fury would have a lot to talk about.
1: <laughs> That's when I started to like him. There's a behind the scenes think that actually one of the production assistants is saying that the Islanders would go through a giant jar of mayonnaise every single day in season five.
0: Wow. Now we know what we should have done with that jar of Costco mayonnaise. I know.
1: I, I said, hey, Beck, can you go out and get some mayonnaise? She goes with her mom to Costco. She brings back the largest jar of mayonnaise that I've ever seen. It
0: was the smallest one they had.
1: The smallest one they had. It was like a half gallon of mayonnaise. I like mayonnaise all right. Beck doesn't really eat it. So we could not get through this by any means. I was searching for things to do with the mayonnaise recipes, things I could use a lot of mayonnaise. And because basically, yeah, I put it on my burgers. I like to dip fries in it.
0: I should have put it in my hair. It's really good for your hair. Missed opportunity. Next time I go to Costco, I guess I know what I'm doing. Are we ready for fashion? Yeah, let's do it. It is time for the TNA Report. The TNA Report. All right, I'd like to give Logan first crack at this.
1: Yeah, go ahead, Logan. <laughs> so the first
2: thing that caught my eye were Shawnice's dramatic, narrow sunglasses at the start of the episode, the sort of almost villainous Cruella Deville on holiday sunglasses that she had. She's had a lot of statement pieces all season long, so you never know what you're gonna get with Shaunice. and I respect the effort to make a statement with every little
1: piece that she brings on. Seconded. Yeah, she's got great sunglass game.
2: I also need to give the boys some props for their swim trunks that they wore to Casa Amor. I know that Callum himself was like, oh, I'm in these. They look so stupid, mate. But I actually love his sort of Candyland pinstripe swim trunks. I thought that they were really fun and festive without seeming like they were trying too hard.
1: You know, honestly, the guy's trunks are not usually... Sometimes I notice them, but they tend to be more subdued. So not always something I notice. Glad you caught that.
0: Especially on Callum, too, who tends to get negative fashion reports, if any.
1: Well, he's from Manchester, right? So
2: not exactly the fashion capital of the world. I loved Ched's plaid pants that he wore the night that they did the little party. I definitely hopped on ASOS and was like, can I find some plaid trousers like that? And then... Listen, you know, guys, I think that a strong turtleneck for a night out is a solid look. And I like that Jordan pulled it out a little bit curious for South Africa in the summer, but I thought he worked it.
1: I could not disagree more, Logan. I thought that turtleneck was terrible. I mean, first, I think that full turtlenecks in general, I'm not a fan of. I'm not I don't really like mock turtlenecks either.
0: If you're going to go turtleneck, go full turtle. Mock is just saying, I'm trying really hard, but I don't like the feeling of things on my neck. But it's still on your neck. So mocks are dumb.
1: But no, turtlenecks are for beat poets, primarily. They are not for guys trying to look good on a night out at the club, especially with that kind of cable sweater type of deal that he's got going on.
0: Okay, so I know you're a straight guy, but if I can just take you back to 1999, Jordan Knight from Niggas on the Block released a single. Give it to you. In the video, he's running around a carnival and he's wearing a white turtleneck sweater. It was better than this Jordan's and he looked smoking hot in it. So never doubt the power of a Jordan in a white turtleneck. That is all.
1: Okay. So yeah, if, if one of the new kids on the block did it in his solo career, it must be very cool.
0: He looked hot. That's all I'm going to say.
2: Turtlenecks are making a comeback. LeBron James, if he ever has to make a speech at his I Promise school or... Conservatives are mad about him talking about politics and he goes on the news. LeBron James, you can bet money that that man is going on wearing a turtleneck.
1: LeBron James can wear whatever the hell he wants.
0: LeBron James is pretty much at the top of every game, yeah. And then
2: I know we mentioned it earlier with the food challenge, but I think that the producers did Sean East a real favor by having the mouth-to-mouth bartender challenge on a night where she was wearing that unfortunate dress with the billowy sleeves.
0: Agreed. Couldn't agree more. It was garbage.
1: So you got some for us, Beck?
0: I have a couple. Shauna had that nude top with the roses all over it and I think there was matching shorts that was really nice and very different I haven't seen something like that on anyone else I liked Laura Whitmore's dress the blue and red flowers even though it had billowy sleeves it worked on her not all billowy sleeves are created equal or puffy sleeves I should say and I also liked Paige's black and silver dress from the night party that's it for so many people and so many different scenes. There wasn't a ton of fashion that made my eyes stand out either way.
1: Well, I've got a few myself too. All right, sir. So first I'll say I like Luke T's jacket in the party scene. He's wearing a very cool light brown bomber jacket. I want to second just those plaid pants. Very, very cool pants. I think we just need to mention those again. We have not touched on... Nas's shirt, which for some reason seems to go down to his knees.
0: Maybe he was shopping in someone else's closet.
1: Very possible. And I will say I want to give a shout out to all of the ladies from Casa Amor for their dresses, except Jamie, whose dress looked like it had been adorned by a designer of cowboy boots.
0: Yeah, it was a little ice capades for me.
2: I agree. I thought it was really unlucky for Scottish Jamie.
0: Oh, there's one more. Jade from YAM was wearing a brown, ill-fitting, boring dress. And that's all I'm going to say. Jade, you're not doing yourself any favors, hon.
2: I think what's just nuts about Jade is that I didn't even hear her name mentioned by another person. I mean, that's what fumishes me. Nobody even said like, oh, where's Jade? Nice
0: to meet you, Jade. Not once. Maybe she's not real. Maybe she doesn't even exist. We don't know, is Yam even real?
1: They inserted her in post.
0: Exactly, (laughs) she's CGI.
1: (laughs) She's a deep fake. Very quickly, one last negative for these new guys. George, lose that shirt. Who? Exactly.
0: All right, I think it is time. We're coming to the finish line here.
1: Oh yeah, we've got to do it. It's the time to do the thing we always do. Go ahead, Logan, bring it in. All right,
2: time to rank these couples.
1: That's right. Okay. I think we should go bottom to top, our lowest rank to our top. So for today, what happened was Beck and I, we did our rankings as usual. Logan did some rankings of his own. And then we kind of combined them and we used our executive authority to make those final determinations. But I think Logan had a pretty dramatic effect on these rankings, as you guys will see. The
2: process was like making a porn star martini by transferring liquids mouth to mouth to mouth, you know?
1: Yeah, it was definitely a messy, messy ranking with so many people. So we have all the way at the bottom in number 15, Natalia.
0: Empty. Empty Natalia.
1: Yeah, there's just not much good to say. I'm sorry, but... You
2: know, you're going to come on talking about how you can be a load to handle and all that. And all we know about her is that she likes tall, hairy guys.
0: That was more than I even needed to know.
1: Number 14, we have Alexi, George, and Scottish Jamie all together.
0: Maybe we did Jamie a little dirty.
1: Maybe. What do you think? I, I... Yeah, I mean,
2: Scottish Jamie, I only liked her a little bit more because someone else acknowledged her. But what did she do for herself on the episode? Not much.
1: Coming in 13, we've got Shauna and we're going to pair Josh along with her because I think we're feeling a a little bad for Shauna. Is that even possible?
0: And as Logan said, Josh shot his shot. Josh put it out there and that took guts, especially after she complained about Callum to him for 15 minutes.
2: You can only go on Love Island and walk around the villa sulking about a man who clearly is not as into you as you are into him for so long. And Shauna is so far beyond her budgeted amount of time to do that.
1: Well put. At number 12, and I will admit, I did single-handedly push this person down a few spots because I hated his turtleneck. It's Jordan.
0: No comment.
2: We would just end up having the same turtleneck debate, but you know what? The guy came on and he had the line of the episode about the pants. He seems to have a lot of charisma drawing the attention of Rebecca, so respect to Jordan.
1: Yeah, I see your guys' case, but, you know, I guess I just disagree. Number 11, Jade from Yom. Only because she's from Yom. Number 10, we've got Biggs. I think that Biggs has the highest potential
2: of any of the new people. I'm just so deeply curious about what he's going to do and what he's going to bring. So, yeah, I'm excited about Biggs being on the show, even if he didn't do so much aside from tell us that his name is Biggs.
0: Biggs things. Big thing.
2: Big thing.
1: Coming in at number nine, it's Ched.
0: Whole lot of man.
1: Whole lot of man. A real king.
0: I think Ched's going to do well.
1: Coming in at number eight, it's Luke
0: M. Lovely ladies love Luke M.
1: Yeah, so many girls liked him. So many people in this episode. Maybe Luke M should have been a little higher just on that basis, but he doesn't really do a whole lot, I guess. No, he just smiles, looks flattered. He has no conversations. He does
2: say that he likes Molly, but I mean, it was it was clear he didn't have a chance of winning that sweepstakes.
0: Yeah, he didn't even try with her. He just sat in the beach hut and talked about Molly. And, you know, he just got dumped really publicly and quite brutally and not really making a strong case for himself.
1: At number seven, we've got Mike and Priscilla.
0: Yeah, I like Priscilla. I like her for Mike. And I'm excited to see what happens there.
1: So what do you think? Is Mike going to be done with Jess? Yes,
2: as Shawnice would say, 100%.
1: 100%. Now, all the way up at number six in a spot that is very unusual for her, so high up ahead of all these other people, it's Rebecca. Dear listeners, I pushed for this. I
2: gotta say, listen, I know Rebecca has been insufferable. I know Rebecca has been on our nerves, but as an episode, Rebecca kills it this time. She communicates what she wants in advance. She doesn't step on people's toes. She gives us some uh, healthy female sexual energy. She is funny. I don't know, guys. I think Rebecca had a real great day
1: in the villa.
0: I can't argue with you. You know, she's still the worst, Rebecca, but she wasn't the worst this episode.
1: Yeah, great episode for Rebecca. At number five, it's Nas and Demi. We're keeping them together as a couple for the moment, folks.
0: Even though he's got potential with some other girls, he did align himself with Luke T as someone whose head will not be turned unless there's a real, real prospect. And he admits that he hasn't known her that long. Absolutely. He's realistic.
1: At number four, it's Callum and
2: Molly. Undeniable. I think it's really artful that we're putting them in as a couple already. Let's go. Manchester
0: they're drawn to each other immediately that's it Callum's done
1: this isn't coming out of nowhere either on this rewatch what has stuck out for me is the change in Callum after Connor leaves because Shauna really does kick Connor out of the villa and after that I think Callum is definitely feeling the distance and then when Shauna makes Sophie cry I think that's it by the way Shauna not a good thing if after two weeks you're acting like an old married couple We've been married for 10 and a half years now, Gosh. and we don't even act like that.
0: I do eat Oreos like they're going out of style, but my spot cream is clear. And I actually have quite nice skin, so I don't even use spot cream that often. Yeah. Give me two points over Shauna, please.
1: <laughs> You're my number one. Don't you worry. Woo. At number three, it's Pagey Baby and Finn. Finn! Fe- these two get better and better every week.
0: They are both going to stay with each other. I think there'll be some flirting. Finn is the giant puppy man. And one thing about puppies is that they are easily distracted. But dogs are loyal. And I think he's going to be loyal to his hot Miss Piggy.
2: I actually think it's better that he went to Casa More and was willing to at least chat with some of the women. I think it's more honest where you are at 20. And I like that he entertained a couple conversations, had a little bit of a flirt, and then was like, you know what? Pagey Baby's it. I'm cool let me
1: sleep outside love it all the way up at number two it's Shaunice and luke t they're so in love their wholesome goodness
2: in a villa that is made to be anything but that. I think it says a lot about them that they were really not the focus of this episode. And we walked away from it being like, all right, that
1: couple's good.
0: Luke T has not talked to anybody. He was a little bummed that nobody picked him, but I think that's normal.
1: I think it actually shows how the other girls did pick up on the fact that it's genuine between him and Shaunice.
0: He picked Shaunice over Rebecca. Like no one's getting in the middle of that. He picked Shaunice. not that she's not lovely, but he picked her for her personality and their connection. You can't get in the middle of that.
1: And now, all the way at number one... Drum roll, please. Number one is sweet, sweet Eva. Wow, Eva debuting at number one in her very first episode. This is insane. Logan... Why did you say in your own words that this was a slam dunk episode for Eva? I think Eva comes in as a new character in Casa
2: Amor. She makes herself well-known without being overwhelming. She is super likable. She vibes really well with everybody she talks to. And she exhibits what I think is the most sacred of love languages, which is a gentle roasting. And she gives it to Nas a little bit as he says that he just wants to be gassed up by whatever girl he's with. They get a little bit of banter going. And she's got strong, informed
1: opinions about food and specifically hot sauce.
0: And who doesn't love a girl who loves her food?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I know that was one of the things that attracted me to you, dear. (laughs) I
0: just wanted to hear it.
1: So Eva coming in at number one. That is our rankings. And I think... Does that just about do it for this very, very cool Casa Amor episode?
0: I think it does. Logan, thank you so much for joining us. I think we should let Logan help us wrap the episode. Before
1: we wrap, remember, we got to hit him with the socials.
0: Hit him with the socials.
1: You can follow us on Twitter. I am at podcast.
0: I am at L B L I Peng, like pang sort, not sword.
1: And you can like us on Facebook and listen through Facebook. And you can also follow us on Instagram. And you can email us at littlebitleaveitpodcast at gmail.com. Logan, do you want to give them your Twitter handle and any other information about yourself that you would like our listeners to know? absolutely
2: i'm on twitter at lgnctn currently tweeting my way through season four of love island so you guys can watch me get my heart broken as i see uh, the dissolution of josh and little g but i will be loyal to you dear listener
1: so don't you sweat it very cool and so
0: from
3: staten island to love island trust in your sauce